Hello, welcome into the Charge Down episode 48, that's what it is, according to my script in front of me. Um, so the lads were all here, so Neil, James, Dave and myself, Rob, um, yeah. bringing, bringing a lot of energy this week. Um, but I, I, I just want to start things off, I was talking to the lads beforehand, I, I gave them fair warning. Um, so we had the NFL Combine last week, which is where the prospective players are run through a series of athletic tests and you kind of marvel at what they can do athletically. So I got got me thinking then, um, who do you think is the best pound-for-pound pound athlete in Irish rugby? So well, I'm going to have you answer that question first, Rob. <laughs> uh, before, think... before we get into it, sorry, I saw there was one lad in the Combine yeah. It was like 350 pounds yeah. and ran the 40 in 4.6 or 4.8. Yeah. Jordan Davis is his name out of Georgia. He, to put it in context, um, his relative athletic score is second only to Calvin Johnson, the wide receiver. Megatron. Uh, yeah, Megatron. So he just has a bizarre mix of size and, size and speed and athleticism, which is, is obviously you can't coach that. And um, it's rare. So I coached that baby. Yep. Can coach so he's a genetic freak. He hasn't like been training since he was oh, he has. twelve or something. Oh. Uh, it's probably a combination of both. Um like they're all freaks in the NFL, but yeah. But yeah, so basically who's the freakiest Irish player? Like who for their size or whatever do you think is like Go let's ahead, say Rob. let's say if you had a combine for Irish rugby, who do you think yeah. would show up the best? And my mind automatically goes to the front row. Yeah, I'm but thinking. they might be disqualified on the pair pound basis. Like both starting props, uh, Furlong and Porter, are incredible athletes. Mm. They're quick, statically strong, and power, like explosive. Like it's very powerful. Ryan Baird would be another one. Yeah, that, yeah. that, Ryan, that Ryan Baird was my shout. Yeah, um, I think we all think yeah. this because we've all been primed to think this by the fucking commentary teams constantly going on about how athletic he is there's yeah. no way all four of us think that on the basis of what we see I see him running 80 meters every match I'm sorry, yeah I, I don't see other players not doing that necessarily he'd be a great target the size of him mm, yeah mm. I just I'm still I'm sticking around Bert. I know the thing how is those guys is they're so heavy yeah like, it might not be so I'm trying to think who else would you see Henshaw would be good shout pound for pound I think hmm Maybe Could, not the quickest, but explosive, strong, mm. packs a wallop. So same with Aki. Yeah, James Lowe. Is big. I, I think uh, James Lowe. I think could could turn out to be if you ran him in a straight line test, mightn't be that fast. Um, no, he big. Yeah. Donk. Um, but the, obviously, this doesn't take into account, like you know, their actual skills with the ball and all that. It's right, pure, it's just how fast you can, like biomechanics, essentially. Yeah, it's pure, like what can you do uh, in a situation that really doesn't mirror rugby at all. But um, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting little exercise. Um, it reminds me of, like, yeah, it's like you know, they like, like like jumps, like vertical jumps out there, and, like forty meter dashes and stuff. I think Ryan Baird comes out very high up on a lot of those. Yes. Yeah. He does come up very high. I just think it's suspicious that all four of us <laughs> gravitated towards that one person. Well, the thing is, we're not saying who's the best second row. We're always saying who's the most athletic overall. It's very teams. rare you'd see players described as freak athletes. Yeah, they constantly just say that about Ryan Baird. So I think like, if I was if it was going, I thought you were going to ask worldwide, Rob. Mm-hmm. Who's thinking we... Atoje? Yeah, we could extend it out worldwide. Atoje is definitely up there. He's he's big, fast. Uh, got jumps, everything. Um, <laughs> he can jump. Um, that center for Australia is very powerful and quick. Paisami? No. Karevi? Karevi, Karevi. Mm. I'd say he'd be very good on the 40 and the, the reps. Mm. Yep. Surely um, France has some freaks. They do. They have big lads and fast Pen- lads. Penno, maybe? Penno, yeah, that's the yeah, one. Penno could. Villiers is yes, an yes. interesting one as well. That'd like, be a very good shout. Because he's incredibly strong, but tiny. Yeah. So Duhan is fast and strong. True, true. Yeah. Why can't rugby just take off in the US? Because <laughs> they have a lot of other things to do. Like, do you play oh. rugby and get your 50 grand a year? Or do yeah. you play American football and get your 5 million a year? 
Am I right yeah. in thinking, Rob, you might be able to answer this, that the popularity of NFL is actually on the downward trend? Uh, they keep saying that, but then they keep breaking their own records for viewerships and everything. So Okay. I just saw a graph for age age range versus interest of in sport for the US. And I yeah. think NBA was climbing in terms of like older, younger generations and NFL seemed to be dying out. Or obviously it's not going to die out, but like, you know, it's declining versus the NBA, which seemed to be now, increasing. So. The NFL, this is kind of diverging from our usual Mm. Uh, foot rugby talk or you wouldn't know from our logo <laughs> um, really took off not really took off in the 90s but that they had a very good 90s mm. and got to they were top I think for most of the the noughties yeah. I think NBA might have now taken that or has taken that uh, that crown baseball have shot themselves in the foot with the strikes they have a strike on going now at the moment I think baseball is really going to be hurt by the uh in terms of the big four American sports now. Hockey's always a more niche than the other two, but NBA, because yeah. it's got five people on a team, pretty much, and they're all, you can see them all, you're closer mm. to them, the camera's closer to them, uh, and they're all superstars. So it's personality-driven, like, is what yes. you Like King James is well, probably the most recognisable athlete in the world. Maybe Ronaldo or Messi? Possibly is, yes. Um, I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I was just had it there. Um, one thing they always bring up when they're talking about the popularity of um of the NFL, it's uh if you look at the valuation of the Dallas Cowboys in 1989, their owner bought them for 150 million. They're now worth apparently 6.5 billion. Right. So. So that that just kind of gives you an indication of the scale that they're on. Um, Is that adjusted for inflation? Uh, I'm not sure. I think that's just raw numbers, but it's still a huge like my god uh, jump. Um, yeah. So there was a time there back in the back in the 90s where you could have bought an NFL team if you won the Euro Millions or something, yeah. which would have been pretty cool. The guy who I um, have them at the time machine. The guy <laughs> owns the. Uh, I was going to say the Redskins, but it's now Commanders. Yes, the Washington Commanders. Um, essentially, like little leverage buyout for them. Like he only spent like a hundred million or something himself. Mm. He's a uh, Dan Snyder. He's not well liked by a no. lot of people. But let's let's uh, get off the NFL and we'll move to the rugby. Um, Our viewer look. count just plummeted. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have. I have here Ireland versus Italy. Uh, the first thing I have written down is non-contest. Yes. That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll just let you guys take it from here. Like, if one of you guys wants to jump in. Well, I mean, I'm not no sure if the, if the level of outrage displayed by certain people was necessarily in in check with with what happened in the match. But I can't imagine the results would have been much different had... Uh, things not gone down the way they went down but yeah it would appear that that rule needs some sort of review and i entirely understand why it's in place the whole uh you know on people faking injuries to go to uncontested scrums yeah. when they're getting beat up in the scrum like that makes sense so i can see that it was sold as that initially but now that it's been exposed for the well did one of you guys say this would happen something a rule would be exposed in that match because italy like to expose rules or whatever yeah, not in that way <laughs> well yeah they seem to they did, obviously didn't they didn't favor them that time but yeah no it, it yeah, was it, it was it's really just a, a very unfortunate set of circumstances like mm. that their hooker goes injured injured in like 20 minutes in maybe even less as replacement mm. is red carded like that's just a very rare situation like if it was a prop who went off injured and then his replacement got injured i'm sure they would have moved one of the other props over to the other side like they they probably okay they still get hurt in the scrums but not hurt sorry, they, they get beaten in the scrums but they would prefer that over 14 men uh sorry they prefer 14 men over 13 yeah um, what do you do in a situation like the fucking captain was just boggled I, uh, you know what? Okay, so was it a red card? Do we all agree it was a red card? I, I think, yeah. Like, okay, maybe you can argue, yeah, but I don't think you should have any complaints about it being a red. Mm. They went through the whole 
system and that was fair enough there's yeah. no mitigation or anything like that because no I, I felt it was just hard on the ref given that it was his yeah, first. first game i thought he, yeah. he dealt with it well mm-hmm. I, I feel like the linesman had to tell him about that weird reel though but in fairness like mm. i'd forgive him for not now i'm not saying like oh what a shit ref you didn't know that obscure reel or whatever like they i had not get a rice yeah exactly that's what it felt like oh shit it's my first match gotta get this perfect there which like no, it's, it's no one came out of that well it was just shit for everyone ireland didn't get the run out they had hoped albeit against italy yeah. italy were just there to get beaten then from that point on there wasn't even a sniff of competition like they didn't give up now for anything they they yeah they played like they obviously got well beaten in the end because standard 13 men plus not a, not a great team but it wasn't it wasn't a rout immediately they they stuck in as long as they could here was it a case of uh there were 13 men for the whole match or the phases after a scrum they were down to 13 men and then essentially after... almost immediately it happened yeah after. almost immediately okay mm. So for and most first fifty five minutes or something they were right. They were right. I minutes. thought it was just the phases after a set piece that you had to do, and then when play broke down after that, then you could swap some back in, but then you had to keep swapping them out, which seems like ridiculous. But the whole thing was ridiculous anyway. I just, I thought Matt Williams was getting a bit uppity about the whole thing. Like I didn't think. Yeah, was, Matt Williams. Uh, <laughs> his reaction to it seemed disproportionate to me. Like he was yes. basically saying this caused the whole game whole. IRFU and everything into disrepute. Not IRFU, but the rugby union globally. Or yeah, whatever. it was a farce, and mm. I feel bad for anyone who went there. Yeah. The match. Like, okay, you're not expecting a, a very tight game probably against Italy, but you're hoping for a contest, and then like, it does seem dead. Mm. I'm not sure if that's a hangover from current events in the world. Um, There wasn't that kind of buzz around it, but it's, it was just, uh, as you said, it was a non-event afterwards even though italy didn't give up um mm. so speaking about the match itself i suppose um joey carberry as i said before in previous podcasts he can't run the back line Shut up. A notable difference he's, fucking, he's, he's not getting injured now that's good enough for me yeah, okay. I, I, I know okay okay that was that's a case okay he's up against it in france but this is like a perfect scenario yeah to run riot as an out half he just you just didn't yep I have it written down here. Um, I thought Carberry was pretty meh, which is, but like you're saying there, it was against a 13 man Italy at home. Um, I just like, I I thought I thought maybe you were being a bit harsh on him last week. I mean, last time against France, but actually now I'm starting to see it where I'm kind of. That was an opportunity to really light it up, and it it, it didn't. I'm not didn't even happen. like just personally do it, but like run the back line, like put people away. Yeah, you don't have to be making breaks from everywhere. I'm, I'm honestly baffled by this line of <laughs> we don't just like okay, so we just go and pick up a new Johnny off the street. Like some people, you can't just have quality all the time. Well, I'm, and, I'm, but people are saying, unless less so after this match, that Carberry was playing well. That was my big um, okay, okay counterpoint. And maybe your podcast, definition of well is a lot more nuanced and focused than most people because. Yeah, okay. we're not getting into that again. Oh, okay. yeah, I was going to say, if you want to hear our arguments, just listen yeah. to the last podcast. Carberry, when he was coming up to Renster, he was dangerous because he offered, like, teams had to respect his running threat, but that's, that's gone. Or he hasn't, he's not like, as dangerous on his feet mm. as he was no. you know, three or four years ago. And then outside of that, when teams have to worry about that, there's just just very little to worry about. He's not a particularly great passer. Um, I think he used to be. He used to be a very good offloader and pass. Well, maybe not the best pass. Maybe his technique is fine, but he's not. He's not picking the right options, or no, he's, he's not. not yeah. He's he's not selling. He's not selling the defenses at all. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm worried about it. Um, I I still have Carty in there in a heartbeat every time Johnny yeah. wasn't around, but that's I'm banging that drum for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that. Um... I thought some of the new lads did well. I thought it was good seeing uh, Larry getting on the boards mm. and very unselfishly Gave getting up the ball. To lo- like, no one in the stadium or probably the coaching staff would blame him if he went for that and got held up. Yeah. I almost, um, I, in the moment, I would have liked Lowe to pass it back to him. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, how much does a hat trick mean against a 13 man Italy? 
But on your debut, it's kind yeah. of cool. Like, it would have been nice. Just said, we're, we're doing this. Um, not sure if I saw enough for to replace Keenan, but like, again, he played as well as he could against Italy, 30 man Italy. So, here, does Lowry have uh, ambitions on playing out half? Did I hear that? Is that I think people desire? say he has played out half before. Mm. Yeah. He may have said that he wants to play out half. Mm. But um, I think a lot of people see that. They have a lot of backs, outside backs. They have Cooney and Doak at nine. Mm. And they got Burns at ten. And the one person that sticks out in that back line and everyone's fit Ulster is Burns. So mm. why why not why not pick someone who can maybe play at half and then get your best players on the pitch? Yeah. But to harken back to last week where we were talking about like you, you want the best player at out half then on that basis would you not maybe put Lowry out out half yeah there's definitely an argument for us mm. I'm just looking at it from the depth perspective of like okay you don't displace Keenan but then this guy is good enough that you want him in the mix and if he can play out half then to me he seems like oh, yeah. nearly the perfect bench option like you know what I mean yeah I'd be, I'd, I'd be looking at that if I was I'd be definitely if I was Ulster, I'd be looking at him there. Now they put him a fullback because they're missing players. Yeah, Addison. He's, he's playing great. At, he's playing the great at fullback. Yeah. Um. But like, it's uh, definitely something that could have happened. Like, and that could be a great ticket into the World Cup squad. One hundred percent. That first fifty. In fact, I, I, I want him to be included on that basis. Like, I think, given the half situation, having. Any and all options there that we can kind of, but he needs he needs up. time there. He does. And he needs like Ulster to give him a season or something there. Mm-hmm. But he won't get that realistically. So at best, we'll get dribs and drabs of him there and just yeah. see what he's made of and see if it's a viable option. Now maybe once Ulster get a few players back, they might consider it. But it's I can see why he's not. Mm. Um, so hard on these young lads though. <laughs> that Italy match like it was the perfect platform upon which to. Go out against a decent team that are capable of challenging you for periods in the match and like put in a showing and say, Yeah, this is what I'm made of the season before World Cup year and like whatever. And <laughs> that happens, and it's just like, Okay, well, regardless of what I do out here, it will all be just a big caveat of, Oh, well, it's against 30. Well, no, they'll have their targets, like it's always the case against Italy. Like, like if you play poorly because Italy play well. It's like, oh, it's just Italy and you didn't perform. Hmm. But if you hammered them, it's like, oh, it's only Italy. You can only play what you, what's in front of you. Well, I feel like that was like double effect because yes. the fucking to red card thing, which is just, yeah. That's why I was even more worried about Carberry's performance. Here, okay. This is actually a random like thought I had during the match, but I don't know if you guys can fill me in and you might just say I'm an absolute idiot for saying it. But have t- has the team ever like willingly gone without a player like if Ireland said in that situation alright we actually want a bit of a challenge here we're going to just take one of our players off no there's just there's been cases where a player's been injured and I just haven't bothered replacing him yeah okay but you can't just elect a person to come off and say yeah we actually want to just play with 14 men here I don't think you can you, I would like you, you could say it. oh he's injured and our replacements are injured but I don't, I'm not sure mm. if you can legally do that right mm. I, I just thought like I was like, I wanted it to be a competition, so I was like, can't they just do that? But yeah, I don't know. Like, and fifty points is pretty much the minimum I expected. Mm. Mm. Uh, especially, sorry, not especially, not especially because of how it turned out. Mm. Like that's a that's a good buffer to put on Italy, and if someone does us a favor against France, that could be vital. Mm. Cool. But I don't. Um, I don't think the game you could say too much about. Um. Sheen impressed again, I thought. That that was his first start, wasn't it? Uh, definitely in Six Nations. Yep, did well. Um, R- Ryan Baird had the blockdown kick. Yeah, um, nice nice uh, composure to score. Yep. Uh, I Just looking at the team sheet. Um, it's yeah. a dark mixed game. Yep. I, I'm just like, he's, he has, he's been mixed this tournament. I think that's what you get with him. Mm. Well, some some great, uh, some nice quick passing. I'd be maybe looking Casey ahead of. Sorry, definitely in the twenty three. But mm. I think we should start now. 
phasing out uh, Murray. But... Yeah. What well, Eddie Jones said, if, if you're not making changes now for the World Cup, it's too late. So, you know, any sort of, like what you said there about Casey or whatever, would have used the World Cup. If Eddie Jones's philosophy is correct, which... Who knows? Yeah, who knows with him. But it does seem like a logical position yeah. that if you're not sort of getting in place what you want now... Yeah, but, uh, like, I don't time... see Farrell doing that. To be honest, it's like basically eighteen months, I think, is the is enough time to turn a team around. Mm. It used to be people say, "Oh, it was a two-year, four-year cycle, whatever." But South Africa said eighteen months, and they're World Cup winners. Mm. Yes, they did kind of lay out the framework of yeah, <laughs> South Africa a ton of good players was, mm. Mm. and the the mastermind that is, yes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that kind of covers. Does anyone else have anything else to say about that game? Because it's just I'm surprised. Is... I'm surprised we got that much out of it. Like, I, I, there, I think there's no there's no value uh, really good anything that happened in that eighty minutes. Apart yeah. from I thought, like the Italian captain showed up well again. I, I he seems like a solid captainy type figure, and he's a great he's player. A great outside of his yeah, captain, he's a phenomenal. Yeah, so I think they they stumbled on a good one there. But like, my God. The circumstances he was put in was just shit, and I think he, mm. he, it, it, I know it was probably a collective effort, but as you said, Neil, like they didn't yeah. completely capitulate, which is a testament to either the team spirit or his captaincy or a raised level or whatever. But yeah, okay, mm. not not a whole lot going on. Yeah, I think I think that covers it really. Um, so before we get into the preview of the upcoming game i think we'll just talk briefly about the other games that we're on so i just have scotland versus france uh, my main memory from that is where scotland make that line break and yeah. chris harry's whatever fires a pass <laughs> Can i just uh, say how much that that i cannot think of an incident in like the last couple of years of rugby that annoyed me as much as that mm. i physically reacted to that like i got physically angry at that it was what was we were like two points behind, yeah, with like two or three minutes left in the half. My God, <laughs> what points. the fuck! If they had to just put it through the hands, I'd, I'd be shocked if that wasn't a try. Yeah. Like, mm. I and you know what? I was, I, I'll admit it, I was entirely blaming Harris for mm. the pass, and then I was looking back on the Reddit thing or whatever, and people were saying it's Hog was calling for that pass, and I didn't even realize it at the time, but. My God, what a sh- that's just so Scotland, isn't it? Like, yeah, that was yeah. the perfect time two minutes before to have to score a try in a match that you are like you're doing probably punching above your weight. And oh, and then they go and concede two minutes later or three minutes later. Or whatever. Oh, minutes. That's mm. just Scotland all over. Like, oh, it was hard, hard watching after that. That was just mm. like, yeah, but it, it just goes to show like. They're nearly there, but I guess they're always nearly yeah, there. Yeah, sorry. We could do this podcast <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah. And he'll be but nearly like, there. You know, France, we know how, how quality they are this season. Yeah. So mm. it's like, if that tr- if that pass goes to hand, or if they just put it through the hands and scored the try in a less glamorous way, that match has a completely different complexion at that second yeah. half. And then the old French mental demons potentially start coming back into it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like they're not fully exercised. No, I think France still let teams into it. Like mm. at that stage, I agree to Dave that France didn't decide what happened in that moment. They got the shit. Yeah. If they scored a try, maybe, maybe they get, they get rattled. Mm. Like there was that moment in the New Zealand France match when they're basically in their own try zone. Mm. And uh, Entomac has the ball, I think, and he makes he makes the escape, and they score a try. It's incredible. They win, they win the game. Not just off that, but it stops the New Zealand comeback. I was thinking, if if he gets tackled there, that's a completely different game. That's New mm. Zealand advantage. But it paid off, and they won, and they've taken that momentum into the Six Nations. And this is what the what games and championships can uh, turn on. Well, mm. I will say, in fairness, I know you're not saying it's luck. But, no, no, it's just it's like bounce the ball kind of stuff. Yeah, but they are due a bit of that. I feel after like the last ten years, I think, mm. considering the lack of 
cohesion. I, I don't think any. I don't think that fr- a French team that got to the World Cup final in twenty uh, twenty eleven can say they weren't lucky. <laughs> okay, yeah, I give you that much. I give you that much. Yeah. But uh, just, I don't know. I, I'm. I like the fact that they're good again. Is what I'm saying, and I like the fact that they're maniac. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> nice to have the the Goliath sort of thing. Like the more big boys there are in world rugby, the better for me. Like you yeah, know, but it, I mean? it seems as England are now um, small fries again. That's small fries, but they've declined while France hmm. have improved. Maybe that's because the mastermind Eddie Jones is putting in. <laughs> he's he's playing like 4D chess and he's putting in moves that will make sense in the World Cup 2023. Hopefully, I'm hoping that, but it remains to be seen. He could just go down even further. But yeah, same old Scotland it seems. Yep. And they won't have um, Duhan for the next two games. Yes, he got a red card in the Premiership for worse. He plays for Worcester, yeah. Um, cool. For a handoff. Which he oh, used, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, he used his so. forearm. There was actually quite a bit of debate about it. Um, well, I don't. Think, I don't really care. That that's <laughs> <laughs> that's like I know. Like if you were Scotland, you'd be you'd be might be upset and all that. But I don't know. Um, You're a Worcester it, fan. I'd ask why. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a weird one because um, I think the band's a bit harsh now. Yeah. I understand the red, but the band seems a bit harsh in my mind, but whatever. Again, I don't care that much as well. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um but that's a loss for Scotland. Big loss. Um the other the other game, but well, unless anyone wants anything else to say about that game, there was I think we kind of covered it. Like... Some of some of the players France have are great. Yes, absolutely. Dupont on his day is definitely the best player in the world, I think. Yeah. Mm. On his day now. I don't think he plays to that level every single game. There's different I would like to see them without him. Mm, yeah. Against England. I'd, without him against England, I, I think they, they'd fall apart. But we'll see. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of England, the other game in that... What? Oh, sorry. Bump, bump. Okay, yeah. Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of England, the other game that weekend was England-Wales. Um Basically, all I have written down here is that England kind of let Wales back into that game a bit. Um, that's my main abiding memory of that game. Um, Balotelli apparently had a, an amazing second half, I think, or whatever. He's the world's best number eight, even when he's injured. Yeah, according, according to Stephen to Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great statement. Dude, okay, we'll, we'll use this as kind of a springboard. Does anyone have anything to say about England? Um, Same old England. Okay. Oh, he's Eddie Jonesing. Uh, Eddie Jones' masterpiece. Mm. I, I, I just don't get it. <laughs> what is it? Um, like, I just don't understand how some years he's they're unbeatable, and some years, like, they survive. They lose to Scotland, survive barely against Wales. Mm. Uh, I thought they were doing well taking the points. Yep. Um, Lineout was getting they're getting a lot of joy from that. Uh, and they were in a very comfortable spot, seventeen nil up. And I thought, Jesus, Wales are in a a dark, dark place now. Mm. But then Wales just came back and back and back. Fair play to them. They, they as we said, never. They, you don't expect an international team to give up. Mm. But there's a difference between not giving up and really doggedly clawing your way back, and that's what they did. Mm. Um, it's it, it, it's hard to say. Like, are these two good teams? Are these two bad teams being dragged down to each other's level? Um, I really want to see England against France and us, and we'll have a much better. Well, of course, we'll have a much better idea <laughs> of the championship by then. But I, I I don't know if England are really bad or they just. Like, is it is good England got 17 and up and control that game for about 50 minutes? Mm. Or is it really bad that they nearly lost it? I, I'm tending towards the latter, but I mm. think that's... I, I, think, uh, I think bad. Yeah. They, they seem to, like, the Eddie Jones thing, there's no consistency to, like, who they're picking, where people are playing. I don't really see what the game plan is other than, like, they have one of those exciting young players on the planet, Marcus Smith, and he's kicking them all away. 
Yeah. Like yeah. In, in the during the autumn, it looked like they 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 kicked on and uh, in November, sorry, and they played um, some really nice, expansive, quick stuff. And now it just seems like they're trying to grind the shit out of teams, which, with an eye to the Iron Game, might beat us. But yeah, you know, then they pick Sam Simmons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought Tom Brands had a good game, from what I remember, but they then change it up and play really nice number eight. Mm. Um, I think he just gets ideas. And that back line is not very quick. Uh, sorry, I'm talking about the one that's going to line up against us. I can't remember exactly how it lined up against Wales, but it's, um, it's just man. Depend, like, Super positions. Yes. into the center, and he's a center. Like it, it looks like a team where everyone is playing in their actual position, which is the first time I've seen that in a while. Yeah. Um, uh, Randall seems better than Youngs in the shortest amount of time I've seen him, mm. and he's continued that. So I'm not sure how much of that will be an improvement. Um. So do you think, like, what I said about Eddie Jones as putting things into place now? For the future, is actually all just one big excuse. Fly up. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Eddie Jones talks all shite. I think you're giving him too much credit. Yeah, <laughs> they're just bad now, and they're bad because he's made, he's making bad decisions. They yeah, can yeah. say what well, the World Cup prove yeah. me wrong. Like, yeah, hmm. but if the World Cup by the time the World Cup comes around, they might be good. But I'm not sure if that's to any conscious uh, decision of Eddie Jones that he's building towards. Yeah. Like the world last World Cup, he clearly had a plan. Mm. Like, they knew exactly what they were doing into the semi final, into the final, and then it fell apart at the final. But who cares? Mm. Like it, it was definitely you could see what they were about. The last couple of years, I don't see that that's guile whatsoever. Interesting. Um. Okay. Uh, we've. Kind Cooper, of Cooper. sorry, actually, honorable yeah. mention, rolling back the years. Yeah, he had a great game. Even though some of it was a bit brain dead, like running away from mm. support and stuff. He just that was, that was like Cooper of uh, ten years ago when he was knocking everyone over in a physical, physical force. Yeah, mm. I have no idea where that performance came from. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, maybe he was tearing it up at club level, and I just, oh. <laughs> totally, you know, yeah, it was like this man. He's he's somehow re embodied the spirit of. Cuthbert of all and I like to see it to be honest. It was like a blast in the past. I yeah. appreciate it. He's he's the best wing in the world, even when injured <laughs> apparently. <laughs> you can take uh, that to the bank. <laughs> do, do you guys have anything to say about Wales in general? Like um like, like the crap, but they're still like they're still putting in performances yet playing really bad. I don't know I don't know what to say about it. It is a weird team. It feels like a weird time in Six Nations because yeah. I don't know that anything is necessarily set in stone other than the fact that France Ireland are, are pretty good. good and France are really good. Mm-hmm. Other than mm-hmm. that, like everything feels... yeah. I don't know. Strange times. Yep, definitely. Um, do you want to get in from the England-Ireland game? Just from the Ireland point of view, I just have... I've here um, just some selection calls. We've Hansen is out, Conway's in, Peter Mahoney's in. Um, obviously, through injury, we were missing Porter and Kelleher. Um, is there any other, or is there anything? I just you... say on the Porter front, all right. Yep. That Italian match was, it ceased to have meaning, let's say, mm. at a point when the incident occurred. I understand we were chasing points. Mm. Uh, I get that but I just do not get if it was me in the coaching position and maybe I'm an idiot alright no I am an idiot but if it was me <laughs> in the coaching position at half time I would have just changed everyone I could change no like you don't want to you don't want to disrupt the entire team and end up leaking a try or something and not getting a grace uh, points different. like you want to set out your stall and then bleeping I thought we brought people in early enough um, you want to give like the players here who have been rotated a good chance at a stable structure. I was just unfortunately went down to thirteen, so the contest matter yeah. of it disappeared. But if you change everything, like it'll be just disjointed, and you don't maybe don't score much, and mm. you, you end up feeling that's not great. Like, well, you protect the key man. 
Mm. You get injured whenever. Like it's it's. I I have one more thing to say about this. I realized that it probably didn't make the injury any worse or any anything, but he was on for like another four minutes after he picked up that injury, and I I saw him limping around, and I was like, okay, it's like fifty three minutes in. It's against Italy. We're nearly thirty points up. Was it not? Why is he trying to play on? He got replaced in the forty third minute. Okay, which is always a, a do you do you guys know like because I've seen this a lot where like they wait till like the first break in play after halftime to switch people in like what's the is there a logic behind that or uh, I've no idea like this wasn't that case he got injured and then was taken off yeah it wasn't like he was injured sent out and then got taken off mm. um I assume it's to get them warmed up get them ready I've I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a weird one that it always kind of, um, it's just I just find it strange like it's coming after a stoppage, but hey, it is what it is. Um, Read out Razi Erasmus and ask him. <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah. I actually think he does do that actually with the bomb squad. He. Yeah, sometimes he breaks them at halftime. Mm. I have seen games where they're on halftime, but it's generally very, very early on. Um, do you want to talk about Hansen getting dr- well? Dr- Drop doesn't feel like the right word, but I suppose in a way it is. Um, anything to say um, for? I think more low was faced than Conway picked over him. Mm. I, I imagine they they fulfill. Uh, we said before they fulfill a similar role of madman from the Antipodes. Uh, have we settled on a name for that role yet? Like Joker <laughs> or Wildcard Rover or Wildcard? I'll <laughs> um, we'll have to uh, get. Names we'll work. Both. We'll workshop some stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, you were talking about James Lowe, yeah. <laughs> You're saying something about James. Lowe. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they, uh, they're both left wingers in this uh, lineup, so I, I assume they're going to be filling a similar role. Different players, but they add a bit of unpredictability, good passing ability, nice attacking. Um, James Lowe gives you that big left boost. Well, Hansen's probably a better passer. Mm. Um, maybe better under the high ball though I haven't seen enough to make a definitive answer I would have played both of them but mm. I can understand why yeah I think I think like against England when you're still in with a shot at the championship I feel like going with the safer options probably I don't even think it's a safer option I, I do I feel like experience is good here I think oh sorry uh, between Conway and and like Hansen, I was thinking of Lowe yeah. and Hansen. Yeah, yeah, I get you. So I, I just feel like te- yeah, I can understand this. Hansen would be, and I, don't, I, don't, I think that maybe is a bit disrespectful to Hansen because I don't feel like it's fully taken a chance at this point. I think mm. he's shown he's not like liable to be a massive fuck up or anything. But I just feel like knowing Eddie Jones's uh, wily demeanor and all that, he could have been looking to maybe target him as a, as a like hey this bloke's inexperienced uh plays in like the supposed lowest club in ireland etc etc why don't we look at that as a weakness and maybe yeah. try and exploit it with i don't know he said he, he didn't know how he was under high balls targeting them under the high ball or whatever like and with uh, this... he hasn't been noticeably weak under the high ball mm, mm. i know i'm just trying to work out an angle where like the yeah. situation maybe it's a where... mistake maybe it's just what it is yeah i can understand not him him being not in the 23 it's like yeah. like like low actually as well. I, I, you start them or you don't play them if they're pretty much. And I know he has covered fullback in the past and played a bit of out half, but he's essentially in Ireland a dedicated wing. Mm. Yeah. So well, it makes I, I, that I think having a wing on the bench is just stupid. If they can't cover another position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, does anyone want to? I saw. I didn't see it, but I, I saw people saying that there was a lot of blowback to the. Peter Amani pick. Yeah, I didn't see anyone saying anything about that either. I can, I, I can, I can understand it. Um, the blowback the, or the, the sl- decision? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can understand. I can understand both. Um, my fear again is that when England beat us, is generally that they blow us away and we kind of underpower their pack by swapping him out for Conan. But on the plus side, we have a still a pretty green hooker, and Amani is by far the best back row. Behind a jumper, so in the interest of making that as secure as possible, I can see 
yeah. I can see where they're coming from. Adam Adi's in good form for Munster over the past few weeks as well. Yes. Mm. And like, you know, if if we win the game, he could well be man of the match. He's not going to play. I know it's, he's a bit of a meme to hate on. And like, yeah. I, I didn't think I'd be arguing for him, but I actually I, I think it makes sense. And Conan coming off the bench at 60 is, is a scary prospect. Yeah. yeah, I agree pretty much entirely with that, James. Um, the lineouts, he's Farrell called him an emotional leader, and I think that's a very apt way of describing him. Mm. Um, England's lineouts very good; they rely on it a lot. Wales uh, played it a bit smart, or sorry, when they do beat England, they don't kick out the ball out very much. They always kick infield, sort of neuter that strength of England. Um, and as you said, Green Hooker. Makes sense. I would, if I was coach, and I'm not, so like I don't know if they're in my living doing this, yeah. I would be looking at uh, putting Byrne to six and Henderson on for the reason of there's been games where we got blown out of the gate. Mm. And you need to make a physical presence early on. Mm. And then you can put, you could put Baird on the bench or you could play two back rows on the bench. Mm. Like either, I probably put another second row on the bench, but um, I, I think that would be the the better option because Conan has not been tearing it up this championship. I don't think. Mm. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I find he's actually quite underwhelming. I picked him from a player of the tournament in the first one we did for the Six Nations, and I think, I think he, on the basis of his form this championship, having him be on the bench is probably fair, yeah. basically. Mm. I I agree with the emotional leader thing as well. I think, like, he's the one player I'd want on that field against the old enemy of Blighty. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but then the problem is if or if he even if our lineout happens a lot or there's a lot of lines, uh, it doesn't work out, and we're getting blown back. You're thinking, well, that was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, but he has like the anger and stuff. If he's starting fights all over the field, Neil, you know it. Getting red cards. I love him first. Um, <laughs> yeah, do, do you want to wrap it up then? With the we'll wrap up that section with your predictions for that match. If Sexton, I think Sexton's the key. If he lasts like um, sixty-five plus seventy minutes, mm-hmm. I think we'll win. If not, we won't. Okay. I suppose I average out <laughs> to Ireland one point win. Oof. Okay. Uh, David James, I believe in green. Uh, I'm gonna go like uh, Ireland by uh, is this in a- England or Ireland? England, in tw- oh, in HQ. Uh, okay, I'm still gonna stick to my prediction of Ireland by 12. Jesus Christ, I feel it, baby. I, I, I don't even care if Saxon goes off already. I believe in Joey Carberry. I'm on the hype train. He can, he can steer the ship. I did not see that one coming. <laughs> Okay, uh, James, do you have a prediction? Uh, I'm pretty confident. Um, I think it'll be a kind of a, a seven-point win, but one that's far more comfortable than that suggests, if that makes sense. Like, we'll be, yeah. we'll be comfortably up down now, the tiny comeback, but it will still be comfortable. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, think we'll, I think we'll come out of the gate quickly, like we did against Wales. And do you believe um, in Joey Carberry? No. If Sexton goes off, we're screwed. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Rob, what do you think? Um, I'll be predicting a Ireland win by, let's say, ten. Jesus Christ, lads! <laughs> well, I just looked at the odds, and we are one point favourites. Right. Um, maybe. <laughs> no, I, I believe in everything. I feel good. Yeah, like is yeah. Eddie Jones mastermind or Eddie Jones town massacre? I don't know. I, yeah. I don't think England will be poor. Mm. I, just think I think they'll Ireland... be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> not, it might not be enough for us if they're just dumb. Like, my 12 points to Ireland thing is not based on that. I expect England to be poor. I, I do not. I just think Ireland will have it. And we're mm. still, and it's the old enemy, and we're going to take it to the final weekend where things are going to happen for us. I feel mm. it, lad. All right, I, I admire the optimism. Thank um, you. That's all I have. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was going to be a bit out there on my <laughs> one point in, but we'll see, lads. I hope you're right. 
Um, do you, do you guys want to talk about the other games, the other Six Nations games, or um, you just gonna, I'm I'm going to watch them, like, but yeah, I might not watch the Scottish game versus Italy because I don't really watch the Italian games. Yeah, um, I assume Scotland win, maybe not a bonus point win, but they'll win. Hmm. Um, ugh. it's so hard though because I'm like. Italy could actually beat them. And I just know in my nothing. heart to hearts that they won't fucking beat them. Oh, but then the one time you don't, they will. And you I, know, I'll keep a track of the score. If it's close, I'll turn it on. But yeah. I'm not, or maybe on the background, but it's not going to be. Um, I'm not going to have my heart and hope for them. I, I, I doubt it'll be must see. Yeah. Um, it could be a good game, like, but I don't think it'll be close. Uh, for the France Welsh game. Uh, it's in, it's in Stade de France, I assume. No, oh, it's in, it's oh. in, the, it's in the Principality on a Friday. It's on tomorrow night, actually. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. And, uh, France are ten point favorites. Oh. That's big. I didn't yeah. realize that was tomorrow. Thanks. Yep. I, I would have totally just not known. Thank you. You would, you would have gone back to your phone for fifty messages or something. <laughs> what a game! Yeah. Uh, uh, I think I think Wales will huff and puff, and then France will score a try out of nowhere, and then the crowd will get a bit quiet and. And France win. Um, only like Dupont, not Dupont. Um, Peno was injured, yep. and Dupont has like strapping on his elbow. He's a bit of an injury risk. Like if he goes down, that changes things. Mm. Uh, like Sexton for us. Do you, okay. Um, l- let me put this. Uh, well, actually, I know you kind of said that. Like depending on how they, th- these games go, we'll know more about it. But um, yep. who do you think has a better chance of beating France? Wales at home or England in Paris? I think England in Paris for me. I'd say so. Now, if we beat England, that turns that around a bit. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it turns it around, but like it. I think. think, I think think if England are good enough to beat us, they could do it to France. Yes, but if we beat them, they're in a bad place. Mm. Not saying that would be a massive shock or anything, but. I feel like you're not respecting our quality. Yeah. Like you're, you're saying if, if England get beaten by us, that means they're in a bad place. That means that we are not... Oh, sorry, I was going to say England, that, that that would most likely mean England would have won two games. One of them was Italy and one was a scrape away, so a scrape at home against Wales. Because mm. they're most likely going to then lose. But if they're in good form, they're getting things rolling, maybe they're they're going to find their realm... Maybe they go to France and made a challenge. Like momentum is so key in this championship. I think, like if we come there to their house, beat them, they're going to be maybe not demoralized, but it'll show that they're not a team to necessarily mm. fear. Hashtag momentum. Hmm. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, that kind of covers covers Six Nations. Uh, so then we are into the other rugby section. I should probably come up with a name for this other rugby. Miscellaneous. Yeah. Misc. Um <laughs> so I just have URC still tipping along. Yeah. Uh we have because of the whole COVID situation, we had several we have actual games during international weekends. Um ones to watch out for. Munster are playing the Sharks. I mean Munster are playing the Bulls uh on Saturday in South Africa. Um what time is that? It's actually at five past two, I think, or two o'clock. So it the actually whole day of rugby. It it overlaps with the Italy Scotland game, but like you're saying, I'd be more interested in the Munster game maybe. Um, but that's one to watch. Uh, then Leinster and Ulster also kick. They they play to, to they play on Saturday again at like half seven or something. This Saturday. Um, yeah. Yep. After Leinster, the... we're playing. Yeah, against Ulster in Ravenhill. All right. It's a uh, pretty much wall to wall rugby from about two o'clock till. Um... And there's under twenties on at eight o'clock. Yeah. So it's there's actually under twenties on to see. Yeah, in yep. the 15 minutes or so. Yeah. I will date the podcast to anyone who's a salute. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys have anything? I guess I watch rugby now and then stop at some time on Saturday night. <laughs> Sunday, probably. <laughs> oh, man, I'll hate the sport come Sunday morning. <laughs> and that, that's just the rugby, like. There's there's other sport on as well. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to talk uh, talk about um, Leinster, the coming comings and goings? Uh, yeah, because there was a lot of that this week. I thought I just uh, briefly on the games. I thought McCarthy mm. has been very impressive for me. Mm. Uh, second row. Look, I I almost mistook him for Baird when he got into the open field. 
uh, against Chorizo the other day. Mm. Um, same, looks looks good. Uh, it's great seeing Young second row getting game time in Leinster and performing and improving game to game. Mm. So hopefully he continues that up. I thought that reserve scrum half uh, Foley, who's just mm. been given a new contract, looks good as well. Although in ideal circumstances, mm. hopefully we can move off. Uh, move Nick off, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, that, in terms of games, like okay, we're we're winning games and getting both points in most of them, so that's great. Uh, we are losing a good few, but not as much as we feared. So I think the uh, list there was a big list we said mentioned a few podcasts ago. I was rumors going around mm. how we're mo- we're going to lose like ten players to thereabouts. Um, it was confirmed today that O'Loughlin, uh, which I hadn't heard that was leaving, and Jack Dunn are heading over Exeter, mm. which Jack Dunn was expected to go. Um, bit of a loss, but it looks like some of the guys coming through might be able to be just as good for us. Um, Adam Byrne, Rob, your, your favourite. Yeah. Heading uh, off to Greener Pastures. He's a serious signing for Connacht. McCarthy <laughs> um, uh, likes a crossfield kick, doesn't he? Yep. Sure. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, how, how do you guys like the narrative um, that I would push of uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's complete changing of the guard, but there's, with retirements, uh, guys leaving, there's a, a, a new generation is almost going to um, take over the, the Yeah, there's, that, there's a chunk of people in their mid-twenties to late-twenties now leaving Leinster. Mm. Plus Cronin and Toner are most likely going to retire. First of all, I think mm. it's great that these guys are getting contracts elsewhere. They get more game time, hopefully. Mm. I think these will actually, a lot of these guys, especially Judy, will strengthen Connacht. Mm. Um, and hopefully someone like Jack Dunn gets two years of premiership, two or three years there, and maybe comes back to Ireland. Yeah. He could be the next Tyg Byrne. Maybe. Yep. Um, but a lot of these, like none of these are first choice players. Jack, the only you're sad you're missing because he's, he's got the frame force that we don't produce that much. Like, but like guys like Adam Byrne, Josh Murphy, Dooley, these are more the Pro 14 team or the URC team. Mm. And we are now developing a younger generation. Mm. Like the guy, like, like I said, like very impressive. Um, McCarthy has looked over the last few games. Hopefully that continues. You got people like Scott Penny, who's only twenty-two, I think, barely. Mm. The, the you have O'Brien's um, Osborne. Osborne. These are all early twenties, barely yeah. twenty in Osborne's case. Like, so we we are tipping over still. Um, I think the age profile still pretty good. Mm. Like the fact we kept so many of them and signed a few of these academy lads has now removed a lot of my my worry about this this the second team essentially the. Mm. Team that plays when it's it's not, and the stars are away. But um, yeah, I, I'm. I think Connacht are getting good players. I think I'd rather see that than them signing someone from overseas. Yep, I think it's great for an Irish, and hopefully that strengthens Connacht and these guys can get first team rugby and maybe push into the Irish team reckoning. I think Peter Dooley's good enough to start at a province. Mm. Or at least in the twenty trees apart, like he's not better than Porter. That's that's the problem for him. Mm. Um, but I think he can he can definitely good enough to be twenty three. He's too bad. He's too good to be wasting away at bench on URC. Yeah. Um. So like it's almost ideal. Like mm. I'm sure Lancer would like to keep these guys, but we are developing the next generation. They're getting more and more experience. We still mm. have a, a a core of solid pros that play in the URC, and Jenkins will be. A good signing, I feel, if he stays fit. Mm. Um, that's yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, hopefully, it's the the academy production line keeps on rolling. Yep. Um, I want to give a shout out to R- Rory O'Loughlin as well. It seems mm-hmm. that was confirmed that he was off. Uh, a man who has played like plenty of important European games. I filled in for mm-hmm. people about twelve and thirteen, and you never looked at the team sheet and said, "Oh shit, Rory O'Loughlin's on it." Is always stood up. 
Um, uh, always good against never, ne- never said, Yeah, never said the world right. was never going to kick on a win a ton of iron cops or anything, but uh, he's been a great servant, and I hope I hope he has a good a good couple of years in the Premiership. Mm. Likewise, like someone like Ian Whitten would be uh, comparative uh, to him from Ulster, and he had a great career with with Exeter. So hopefully, same thing happens. Mm. Yeah, hopefully it's more Ian, Ian Whitten and I guess Brendan Macken. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Although I did see, sorry, speaking of giant young second rows, mm-hmm. I think he was playing for Belvedere, the senior cups on going. Uh, Alan Spicer, who's six foot eight, hundred twenty five kilos. Jesus, uh, big boy. Yeah, and he's not even six year. I don't think. So maybe we'll see him in a under twenty shirt soon, and then Leinster shirts. So like that's what happened. Like in two or three years' time, and we're saying, "Oh, we're losing these guys." You young guys could come through, and you'd be absolutely delighted to have them. Mm. I'm trying to look if I can find this Spicer guy. I'll get a picture if I can. He's he looks like an adult playing. Yeah. Um, um, playing in the the league, not the league, the um, senior cup. Uh, that kind of just reminds me there was a guy at the combine this year I know it's unrelated he's Australian um, he is 6 foot 8 and 174 kilos I was going to say pounds I was like that's really nice 384 pounds he's, a, he's actually Australian a former rugby player is what yeah. they uh, say Assume he's, he's actually lineman. yeah he's too big he's he need to lose like a good chunk because <laughs> Um, yeah, that that Spicer lad looks pretty big. Yeah, it looks very big. <laughs> so, audio <laughs> listeners, which is all our listeners, I put up a picture of him and he looks big. Yeah, <laughs> I can't okay. confirm he looks big. Okay, so are we ready for trivia? I'm ready. Okay, I have seven questions. Um, they're a bit all over the place. Uh, the the only verification I did was I went to Wikipedia. Um, so. That's good enough for me, Rob. Okay, so here here's the first one, okay? Who was the last Irish player to beat England while being employed in England? Employed as in playing his club rugby there? Yeah. Okay. I would have to say Jordan Murphy. Yes, that's it. That was oh, it. I was wondering I thought it might be a little trap. Yeah, that that gets the ball rolling. Um, second question. This one I don't think anyone's going to get. Um, you know the way Scotland and England compete for the Calcutta Cup every year? Uh, what do Ireland and England... They've been competing for this trophy since 1988. Uh, that, I, I, this is in the recesses of my brain, yeah. Is it it's the not Tara the Cup? Not... Which? I'm going Tara Cup or something like that. Okay. Um, uh, I know it's not, I know it's not the centenary quiche, but I just want to say the word centenary quiche, so <laughs> that's done. It, apparently, it's the Millennium Trophy. I was going to say that I, I thought <laughs> because it wasn't fucking Millennium, it wasn't that. <laughs> it was it was to mark Dublin's anniversary. Oh, of course, of course. So, um, um, Scotland and Italy are introducing a trophy uh, this weekend to mark mm. some guy who played uh, did he coach both of them or something like that. So Scotland now have one of those made up trophies for every Six Nations. Seems game. like Calcutta. Mm. I thought it was like a, a pun at first, but it's like see a cutter or something cup. I'm surprised it doesn't yeah. sound like wooden spoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so question three, okay. Uh, two currently playing professional players are top ten in try scored for Ireland. Who are they? So there's two players in the top ten who are active. Keith Earls. Peter Earls, yeah. Peter Earls is one. Yes, that'll be the one that springs to mind. And so it's, there are two players in the top ten that are currently still playing. playing. Yeah, and still playing internationally. No, he didn't say that. He said still I, playing. I don't want to give it away too much. So,
Ah. Uh.